Good morning. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief of Real Clear Politics, and this is the RFCP Takeaway for Thursday, September 29th. Uh, once again, Phil Wegman is filling in. Uh, Tom Bevan and I usually do this podcast, but this week uh, Phil's been generous with his time, and he's a good uh, person to have on the podcast this morning because he has a, an interesting story I'm going to ask him about, and he was also at the White House for an interesting um, exchange that uh, Joe Biden had with reporters. Uh, Phil, welcome. Thanks for having me, Carl. Philip, let's talk about the, you, you had a nice little scoop today. It's on front page of Real Clear Politics. Uh, the, the House Republicans have doubled down, maybe tripled down on the culture wars. Uh, t- tell our listeners about that. So the Republican Study Committee, that's the largest conservative caucus in the House, and they've released uh, their family policy agenda. It's a massive grab bag of policies that is going to hopefully, in their minds, uh, redefine everything from the workplace to adoption laws to uh, education. And there's too much in that uh, policy memo to cover in total. But what this essentially shows is that uh, House conservatives, they're leaning into the culture war. This is no longer uh, sort of the thing that they tolerate from social conservatives. Instead, they see doubling down on this as the key to victory in 2022 and 2024. And it really reflects uh, what is becoming increasingly a consensus in some corners of the right, which is not just that it's more difficult for families to get ahead financially. Their opinion is uh, that the family itself is under attack and that uh, it's government's job to step in and not just, in their minds, push back against some of the progressive excesses. They think it's time for government to step in and and promote a a common good here. You know, Phil, I was was reminded they have like 80-some proposals. I was right. I was once when I was covering Mitt Romney's uh, presidential campaign, and I was talking to one of his uh, advisors, Peter Flaherty. He's a good guy. And I was saying, well, you know, we we're talking about Romney's economic place. Well, we have a plan. Um, and he pointed me to the website. It was a 57 point plan. And I remember I told Peter, I said, Peter, if you have a 57 point plan, you don't actually have a plan. You, you've got an exhaustive white paper that nobody's going to read. Uh, you've got. <laughs> Your own donors won't read that. I guess I was saying if they have 80 plans, I mean, 80 bullet points, you know, do what they should have done and didn't do. Tell me two or three things that these House Republicans think is going on in the media, the government, schools that they'd like to stop, that they think are an actual threat to the American family. Well, well, first, if you thought that Mitt Romney was bad, uh, I can't help but remember Elizabeth Warren and her catchphrase, I have a plan for that, um, during the uh, the Democratic uh, presidential primary. Um, so the, the thought here is you get together all this policy, and then Republicans think that if they retake the, uh, the House uh, and the Senate, that they can send some of these things to Biden's desk. You know, not only do they want to define uh, what a woman is in law, uh, they're, they're also calling uh, for yanking uh, funding for public schools uh, that embrace uh, what they describe as radical gender theory, and they, they, they would not you know, send taxpayer dollars to any school that, that goes along with the gender transition without a parent's consent or, or uses new pronouns for uh, a child without telling them. So some of it is, is 
culture war red meat, but other stuff is quite interesting. Uh, for instance, there's a proposal in there that would require social media companies to get the sign off of a parent or legal guardian uh, before a minor is allowed to create an account online that there's other stuff for instance that would rethink the traditional 40 hour work week and instead build the work week around uh, you know an 80 hour two work week so that parents could potentially have more flexibility with uh, overtime hours and plan out their time in the workforce and, and therefore have more time for families at home. Uh, obviously, not all of this is going to be put into legislation. Uh, perhaps uh, a small fraction becomes law, but it does show uh, that they are trying to think through solutions to some of these problems. And it underscores their belief uh, that, yeah, some, some radical changes need to happen uh, because uh, you know families, in their view, are under attack. Well, well, count me as a skeptic, Philip. I don't really want to read the statute that has the word uterus in it. <laughs> and um, and in terms of the uh, terms of the forty-hour work week, I mean, you know, I, you work for me, so you know, I'm on record that I I expect my people to work sixty hours every <laughs> week. So I, I they part. I I may not be their target audience. Let me ask you about something else, Phil. You're at the White House. You cover the White House for us. And this week, um, Pre- President Biden had an, an alarming gaffe, I thought. And, he, you know, I understand he approaches his, his propensity of gaffes in good humor. He's called himself, at least on one occasion, a gaffe machine. He, he, when he was in the Senate, he talked so much. He was such a gas bag. I mean, he was going to make some verbal miscues. And generally, American people know it and understand it. And Biden himself is pretty, pretty good natured about it. But this thing was alarming to me in another way because it wasn't so much a gap as, as a mental lapse. He at this at this uh, event, he he looked around the room and said, "Where's Jackie Walorski?" This is this Congress Republican congressman you interned in her office, uh, and and where is she? And she was she was one of the co-sponsors of the legislation he was talking about. She was active. She was also one of the good people on Capitol Hill, one of the few left who Republicans and Democrats both liked. She was killed in this car accident, and the White House put out a statement of condolences. Mm. And then, and and then, Biden seemed confused. And then, and the White House didn't. The clarification seemed to make it worse. But but, what did you think? Well, it was alarming because not only did the um, White House put out a statement previously this summer when Walorski died, and you know they the president ordered the flags half mast. He spoke with members of, of her family um, when she passed. And then the other day, he's at this event and he asks, where's Jackie? Rather than writing this off as a gaffe or saying, look, the president still wishes the congresswoman was with us and he's got a lot on his plate currently. He made a mistake. They doubled down. And uh, the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she said repeatedly when she was pressed no less than eight times on on why this happened, she continued to say, essentially, um, the congresswoman was top of mind for Biden. He's going to be meeting with her family later this week. And um, this but was Phil, not doesn't that doesn't that make it – Phil, doesn't that make it worse? Absolutely. I mean – uh, what what is she getting at? I didn't understand that defense that she's taught my. I, and the Washington Post wrote about this, and without managing to even introduce the the, the possibility, she said it could have been this, it could have been that. That most that Americans, whether they love Joe Biden or 
dislike him, you know, wait a minute, is the president all there? I, I didn't understand. What was she getting at with that? I didn't understand that as a defense. I wish I could tell you what the strategy was there, but it, it seems to be that the White House just didn't want to admit that there was some sort of error or that there was a, a mental lapse, uh, because for whatever reason, they don't want to give an inch on this one. But as a result, there was an unforced error. Not only did they they drop what should have been an easy fly ball, they should have just said, hey, he made a mistake, move on. Um They dropped it. And then by repeatedly saying that the congresswoman was top of mind and insisting to all of the reporters in the room who asked about it, that this was no big deal. It's almost like they were kicking the ball farther and farther into the outfield uh, while, you know, base runners were running the score up. Um, Eventually I, I asked her, does the president believe that he handled his remarks appropriately or would he like to, uh, get those back. And Corrine said, what do you mean get those back? And I had to say, well, again, he asked where a dead Congresswoman was. Phil, I have to tell you, I, I, you know, I, the, the, the press corps asked her about this. They asked pointed questions, but the, the question that came to my mind is that, you know, is it time next time the president has a physical, do, do the doctors have to go through this mental acuity test they give for people? I, I hate to say that. I, I wish Biden well. I I do not. I, but I just found that alarming. Maybe I'm overstating it. I mean, you know, the same day Biden did that, I uh, I was at the gas station uh, uh, and I put in my PIN number wrong, a PIN number I put in, you know, 25 times. So look, in modern America, we have to remember a lot of things and, and he, the president's going to be 80 year, years old. Um, next month. But I, I, as a White House reporter, I assume, I assume people are now the press corps is going to be watching this in a different way going forward. That'd be my guess. A- a- absolutely. I think that there's much more of a uh, appetite for this because of the White House response. And you had CBS News actually ask, can we see the prepared remarks that were on the president's teleprompter? Um, of course, the, the White House uh, bristled at that suggestion. But, you know, if you just take a, t- a step back here, Joe Biden is dealing with a Category 5 hurricane in Florida. There's a land war in Europe. Inflation is not getting better. The guy's busy and he has a lot on his plate. Um, These are circumstances that would try um, any president. And I think that the error here, uh, obviously, you know, uh, one would expect with a tragic circumstance like this, uh, it, it wouldn't slip Biden's mind and he wouldn't make such a gaffe. But the error here seems to be that whoever prepared his speech, um, made reference to uh, Representative Walorski, but didn't make note you know, that this was the, the late Representative Walorski. And it was disappointing to me because I think that there are a lot of, you know, uh, folks from Indiana in this administration. Ron Klain is one of them. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is another. And they probably disagreed with Walorski on just about everything. But when she passed, they were incredibly kind. They were very deft. They were very respectful. And so uh, I was uh, disappointed to see that the White House handled this one so poorly and then they doubled down on, on really what was an unforced error. Well, Phil, I, I, I 
like what you said. I used to work for a, the owner of National Journal, a gentleman named David Bradley, who's a very sweet guy. And he, he tried, he, he consciously, formally instilled in our company a spirit of generosity, is what he called it. And, and you've shown, you've displayed that in a, a spirit of grace toward the president, who I, I hope this was only a momentary thing and, and uh, it won't happen again. And, I, and let's, let's leave it there. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief for Real Clear Politics. I'm Philip Wegman, White House Correspondent, and this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for September 29th.